0: When celebrating a loved one's life, you want to deal with someone who's compassionate, open and honest. Here's James McLeod, Managing Director of Tobin Brothers Funerals. At Tobin Brothers, our people are our strength and 50% of our staff are female. They serve client families in their absolute time of need. They work in every aspect of our business, from funeral service delivery to the board of directors. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives, celebrating International Women's Day, Sunday, March 8th.
1: On RSN, welcome to This Is Your Racing Life, proudly presented by Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Here's Brian Martin.
2: Good morning. Welcome to This Is Your Racing Life. And today is a story about a race club and its people. The rise from the ashes and the running of the Buck and Cup for 2020, last Saturday the 15th of February. Like a few thousand others, I was at the canai Creek track for Cup Day. The day was more about the tenacity of some wonderful country folk who were going to have a race meeting, a cup day, despite the near obliteration of their district, of houses and farms and sheds, fencing and the tragic loss of life. Like their forefathers, the races had to go on. Their racecourse had been scorched, judges box and winning post burnt, But despite all this, the people of Bucken and the surrounding district rallied and made sure the 133rd Buchan Cup was run. These are the people and the visitors who made it happen. And I'm glad I was there. Well, this is the day that uh, we, we aren't going to forget here in uh, Buckham because we're here for the Kenai Creek races here at Bucken, in an area of uh, Victoria that's been ravaged by bushfires. And two of the great uh, personalities of racing especially through the Melbourne Cup, uh, Greg Hall and Johnny Letts. They're giving their time. Uh, Like most of us here, we want to be here, we want to help these people. G Hall, how are you, mate?
3: I'm great, BM. I'm great. Fantastic, mate. Um, Yeah, what a wonderful meeting. Um, my first time here and one experience and someone asked me how I'd go how i will be going around the track and I think the I think the jocks had outride me here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's see, uh, you've been here for a couple of days. Um, you're travelling with the Melbourne Cup. We're we're three Melbourne Cup ambassadors together, but it's just brought some joy here to bring this beautiful iconic trophy to this place. But you look around and it's virtually like charcoal, isn't it? The, the place has just been obliterated.
4: It is, Brian, and, and, you know, it's great to see, and this is something that we do see in the country communities where people stick together. They're like a big family, aren't they? They, uh, One member of the family has uh, something unfortunate happens, and so the rest of the family always get in, they, they do their bit, and that's what's happened here. And, and as you can see today, I think they had about 1,100 through the gate an hour and a half before the, before the first race, and, and
2: it's going to be a record day. I think the wonderful thing, boys, is that um, this meeting today, as it, as it plays out, is against the uh, lightning stakes down at Flemington. Now, you see the different dignitaries that are here, the CEO from Racing Victoria, uh, the racing minister, they're here. Maybe they got their choice. They want to be at the Black Caviar Day at Flemington. But you've got you've to get off your bum and go and, and support these people.
3: Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly right, BM, and that's the great thing about the racing community and um, everybody in well, the whole of Australia is, um, you know, like they've doubled their figures, they've run out race books already and uh, the Minister's here and and they could be there looking at Black Caviar, but, um, you know, it's quite extraordinary uh, to see what they've been through and um, to be able to hold this meeting so close, and the unsung hero is the fireman, and um, and the whole community got together, and they got the race meet happening, and um, it's just so wonderful solution. for them, and I think yeah. it's going to be great for the so come, for the town too.
2: Uh, uh, I was a bit concerned, let's see before the first we got a decent shower here, and um, it wasn't going to help the track much, was it? It wasn't, Brian, but I went and, I
4: went and uh, just past the winning post, and uh, had a look at the horses pulling up. They seemed to handle it pretty well. Um, I know the track only gets used once a year. Uh, and that sometimes can be a problem, you know, when you have rain, like we've had, but uh, everything seems pretty good to me at the moment. Uh, the, the turn's a little bit sharp going out the straight, but uh, the jockeys ride to Look, the jockeys ride for their own safety and their mate's safety, so that's that's a minor detail at the moment.
2: And it's, we, we get back to the Melbourne Cup and the magnetism of this trophy, and, and we travel with this uh, trophy in different parts of Australia, and we've been doing it for a few years, the three of us, and, and, and others do the same from different fields in racing. I, I'm still astounded by the drawing power of the Greg.
3: Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, I've been on it since day one, like Johnny, and uh, and you're on it too now, BM. Um, but the joy, like yesterday, bringing it out here and um, Rosemary, the secretary, here, I mean, and the baby, and they had the whole family, and and just wherever you take it. And let's face the facts: it's not about the Melbourne Cup today it's not on the tour but it's just a a little pa- a little piece we wanted to play to bring the community together and put smiles on people's faces and everybody's just getting photos with it and that it's just an extraordinary thing what it does for the human
2: exactly right and normally the tour starts around july june july at the earliest but here we are in february so it's a special a special time up here john and uh, you've enjoyed all that haven't you Yeah, I have, Brian, and we we usually kick off the first week in July. Uh,
4: But, you know, over the years, when I first started, Joe started it 17 years ago, and I jumped on 15 years ago. And actually what happened is we we would start it two months later than July. or September. But now, with the popularity of it, and this year we did 39... Uh, cities not not me personally or any one person, but we did 39 cities and six countries yeah. and I mean what other trophy in the world does that and people were saying they were telling us last night oh we held the uh, the AFL uh, you know the premiership trophy I said yes so that had already been won when you held it and that's not made of gold. And this cup has not been won yet, and people are able to hold it, and tell me how many people can touch a Melbourne Cup because the only time you'll ever touch it, you, you'll never touch it unless we bring it to you. Uh, you'll see it in the in the mounting yard, but you won't be able to touch it. But so this is a special. This is a special occasion for those people, and we make it that way for
2: them. Good on you, boys. Good to see you. Enjoy the day. Uh, stay out of the rain, and uh, well done on getting it and making an effort.
3: Yep, great to see you too, BM. Good, Good on you, mate. I know, see We'll
2: catch up with you later, Good mate. On you, mate. Yep. OK, I'm going over here to talk to Billy Quinn, the race caller. Um, he's the voice in the background, the mighty Quinn. I'll see if I can get over and have a chat with uh, Bill. Here he is over here. Billy Quinn, how are you? Good to see Hi, you. Brian. Good to see, Good you, to mate. see you, mate. Um, you travel the area here, and it's... Words can't really express what we see. It's unbelievable, Brian, yeah. Yet you, you see green spots. Sit so back there and watch you call that first race and you're having trouble seeing them. No-one could see them behind the trees and you did a countdown, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, they came back into view. You've done that was a... good.
5: That Oh, uh, yeah, that's that the first time I've ever tried that one, actually.
2: <laughs> so, now, I recall you calling and, and, you know, taking the role as a judge uh, for, for years and years when I was on the broadcast box alongside you uh, for probably 20, 30 years now. Are you are living in Tasmania still?
5: Yeah, I'm still there, but I am thinking of coming back, Brian, so I, I've just got, all my friends are here, and um, things didn't work out exactly how I thought they were going to in Tasmania, and um, yeah, I, I've been up here, and I'm, I really don't want to go home, so, or to Tassie, I want to come back here, so I'm going to come back. So how long have you been back calling the picnics? I've been calling the picnics, well, I've been coming here since 1998, and of course that doesn't mean I've done 23 and yeah. picnic races, but it's been about five that disappeared because of fires or floods or you know the occasional or the two years ago they had a meeting here the normal thing the track got hard and a bit of rain and it made it too slippery so they called them off before the first but this so i've probably done say this is the 23rd time i've probably done about 18 this yeah. is the 18th today yeah, yeah.
2: so you come across from tasmania what, a couple of days ago and then get your way up uh, to, down to the East eskaplate area
5: oh usually i just fly in and fly on the day but for here I come over and see a few friends. I did Hillsville a couple of weeks ago, so, all right, I come over for Hillsville and then I just do my little Billy Quinn uh, (laughs) travelling show, you know. (laughs) And you do it so well,
2: and and I heard one of the picnic uh, days the other day and there was something called Howling Wolf or
5: whatever, and you let cry with the wolf call. It was brilliant. Oh, well, Gary Hanlon. Um, I've known Gary for a long time and uh, it's just great when you see a horse like Howling Wolf, it's turned out so well at those picnic meetings. It's a ball of fitness, and it's probably the best picnic horse to have run at the picnics over, oh, 50 years, you know. It's a great, it's a really good picnic horse. And to see that horse dictate terms in that race the other day, it was over after 15 yards, you know. <laughs> you, you knew it was going to win 76 kilos, it doesn't matter. Uh, and Gary, I, had, I interviewed him after the race, and we had a good old chat for about 15 minutes, and we were talking about the old days mm. and um, best horse he had. And he's telling me uh, Matlock.
2: Oh, I yeah, George Howland, his Matlock. dad trained.
5: Yeah, that's right. He ran
2: favourite in the cup, I reckon, about 1966 and, and fell. There was a, that's a right. terrible fall at the back of the track. I reckon 65 might be light fingers as it year. was, it was yeah. light
5: fingers. I actually said to him, because I remember Bill Collins' call, Ooh. and I, I love Bert Bryant too, but um, I remember Bill saying, oh, there's a fall in the cup, yeah. River Seine's down, heads down, Matlock's gone. <laughs> <phone He> read, <laughs> and and uh, Gary said... And that surprised me. With all the great horses George had, yeah. he said Matlock. Matlock was a champion. Yeah, he would yeah. have won that cup by 10 lengths, he Yeah, he might be right too. Now, just looking at the, the, the riders here, these names,
2: these jockeys, they ride at the uh, the amateur status. Uh, they're so unfamiliar, but
5: everywhere I look, there's a girl jockey. There's a female riders. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, female riders at the picnics, but, you know, there's more and more of them in the in the, yeah, uh, in the yeah. country anyway, you know. Well, I sort of made a comment eventually, you know, they'll be the driving force of racing and
2: the boys will trial yeah
5: yeah yeah i can see that in the future you know so um and like a lot of them they've got you know good hands and horses run kindly for them and um yeah they, uh, they well as you can see that they're riding plenty of winners the girls aren't they
2: yeah no doubt about that you can put your money on safely hey uh, bill uh, the rain has just sort of abated we're, we're talking now just after the first race and uh We've got the first race underway. I was a little bit worried. I thought if that rain comes, you know how tracks can get very skaty. Mm. Um, but what a remarkable thing to actually bring this back from, you know, being just scorched turf. Uh, half the winning post is there. The other half's gone.
5: Um, did, did you lose the judges' box? No, we didn't. Oh, the, yeah, the judges' box, that's uh, uh, the, the bit going up the straight side. That was, uh, that yeah, was hanging down, yeah, yeah. That got burnt down a bit. So they've, uh, the boys have come and fixed that up. Uh, people have come and helped out everywhere. It's been marvellous. Our box, uh, it's survived. So uh, I thought, oh, how lucky is that? And then I was looking at photos on, on the racing um, website, mm. and I'm thinking, oh, maybe the trees has got... Burnt down along from the uh, 975 to the 450. I might be a chance to actually call a race there. Not to know. be. Not to be, but I can tell you something that 100 yards there on the turn out of the straight, I couldn't see that before. That and right? I've never seen the running w- rail when we've driven into this racetrack. And I drove in yesterday, I come, oh, I better come and have a look, you know, on my way through. And, oh. I never knew what was there, I didn't know where that other track went mm-hmm. and it's, um, the running rail runs all the way along the back and we just follow it around into the race course I never knew that, I, I only that's the first time I've seen it in all the years I've been here
2: That's amazing and that's, uh, that's been brought on by the fact that the trees have been
5: burnt to the ground Yeah, you can imagine, you know, oh, oh the devastation and the heat and everything it must have been uh, so the people I don't, I think they're so brave, you know they bounce back and well, the resilience of Australians, you know, against
2: adversity is just incredible. And people will tell you about, well before our time, through the uh, through the droughts, um, the floods, but particularly through the Depression years of the '30s. We read about it how times were tough. Through the Second World War, there's something about that Aussie spirit, and uh, I, I think it it really extends to even the city folk like people like myself and others. You wanted to come up here and just say well what can we do can we can we do anything can we just come up and support you by buying you know sausage and bread and a couple of yeah. beers but you want to be here to make sure that it's more a message to these folk to say we're thinking of you you know yeah, we're, we're, yeah. i hope you're okay
5: yeah and i think thank you very much for coming um it's great I'm glad you could be here today. And this is unique. This ah. is like turning the clock back 100 years. It's wonderful, isn't it? Isn't it? And I, you know when we when we were young fellas back in the 70s and that and we, we used to go to these race clubs and it was it was a much more friendly atmosphere back in those Oof. days. I geez, I long for those days sometimes. But you come to these places and I think ah I can still grab that that era. Yeah, yeah. You know and I, I love coming here. I've made some great friendships up in the high country and those people they treat me like a God, and I'm so thankful to them, and, yeah. and I'm here because of them.
2: Yeah, and tell me, uh, there's Tambo Valley still to come on the circuit. There's Hinamundji. Yeah, do you do those
5: ones? No, I don't. Um, Hinamundji's on Newmarket Australian Cup Day, and Tambo Valley used to race on the Monday, which used to be the uh, the public holiday, or still is the public holiday, but now they race. They race on Easter Sunday. Oh, yeah. So, and that's become a very good meeting too. Munch is always a great day. I've, I started going to Hinner Munch in about 1994, you know, so. Yeah. But when I became judge at Flemington, I sort of had to curtail all those operations. How many Melbourne Cups did you judge? Judge 15.
2: Gee.
5: Yeah, and on the old trusty tape recorder, I called 10 Brian. So there's 25 years of... So you'd call them as you're judging? Oh, no. Just, when just I, to, in one I of the spare to, boxes. You know, when I used to go up and practice race yep, calling? yeah. I, yep, I, I, I always found somewhere to go so I could do the Melbourne Cup. One of the blokes at Flemington was very good to me. He always found me a spot on Melbourne Cup Day. You go up here, you'll be right. So I go up and call my Melbourne Cup, and I've got ten of them on a tape recorder somewhere, Keep on a cassette, you know, so... um, Oh, look, I've still got all those cassettes, but where they are now, they're in a box somewhere down in Tassie, so... My son said, I want to keep those, Dad. You're going to have to put them onto the modern stuff, you know. Digital, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, Well, I don't really know how to do that, so I'm going to need a bit of help. I've got that many tapes, you know. I've got them too, mate. I don't know what, I don't think the family want them. But anyway,
2: hey, Bill, from uh, one old race caller to another race caller, good calling.
5: Thank you very much, mate. It's great to see you and the guys here today, and hopefully I'll get around to see everyone. All
2: right, uh, let's go across and have a chat with uh, Maddie Stewart, who's pretty uh, well known to to RSN listeners. what about the stay here?
6: Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And even the weather's been... It's just been a watch, a weather watch, hasn't it? We had a bit of a drizzle early on. that didn't appear on the radar, funny enough. Uh, now the sun's poked out. We've had two races, and uh, it's just fantastic. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming, and it's uh, its magic. Amongst this crowd today, there are a lot of very heroic people who are very modest, Brian, and they never tell you, but you, 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 these stories come about about what they did, and oh, it's amazing what these uh, these bush people are capable of when uh, when the times are really tough.
2: We've been down to Malakuta uh, on the Thursday before we got here on the Saturday, and uh, spoke to the folk down there, and they tell how the fire just ringed the whole town. They're able to get uh, extra fire tankers through from uh, Lake Entrance, an extra dozen, I think, to to help protect their own town. But uh, they got with about a half an hour window to get through before the roads were, were contained. Um, but they tell of the man down there, Max, who's got the uh, the caravan park. He tells of the the wall of fame just moving to the to the ring of, of the town, and um, he said you couldn't see five feet in front of you, uh, and the evacuation like that. That was akin to Dunkirk back in World War Two. I
6: was about to say uh, some of the scenes with the the army ships picking up people and. Uh you know and the and the tanks and the uh, cordoned off areas and marshalling people to safety spots and things like that it was we were talking earlier on apocalyptic is the word i keep yes, thinking of about yeah. what and the landscape around here and uh, you don't think it can happen in 2020 and all the people that were herded to the beaches at bermagui and things like that it's just it's quite incredible to think that it's happening uh, so close to you and uh, but when fires hit you you got to get desperate with the way you uh, Uh, try and help people out. And uh, and a lot of those stories have emanated around this area as well, so it's been a bizarre time. And to see the
2: roads and how quickly they cleared the roads and got the trees off off, across the highways, opened the highways up, and the people who played a massive role in that were the Army. And uh, just we called in at Orbist and had the palmer and a beer on the way down, worked our way down, and all they talk of is... The, the firefighters, the locals, the volunteers, but they said the army have just been amazing.
6: Yeah, it's, uh, it's when you learn most about you, not yourself, but about other people and what people are capable of. Um, I'd love to do a walk around. My kids did yesterday, and they say it's amazing, so I want to I wanna do a bit of a... Unless we've had too many VBs by the end of the day, but uh, just coming in here too, Brian, you, you, hardly, you, you nearly missed the turn-off, and it's just a dirt road through the scrub, and then suddenly you see the... The racetrack emerged. Uh, When I was here yesterday, I couldn't believe that they were able to do what they've done in the meantime with the last bit of the working bee. It looks like a racetrack.
2: Well, Bill Quinn said he's been calling here for 15 years, comes from Tasmania, comes over and does the various picnic meetings. He said, I've been doing 15 here. And he said, for the first time, I came out yesterday just to get my, my bearings. I saw the outside running run. They said, so I'd never seen it before.
6: The forest normally um, shields about 80% of most race calls. Cool. And today it's about 60% because of the burnout. But you're still, the, I love the cameraman. He sort of guesses where they're going to come out <laughs> and then he sort of latches onto them. So I think this is the most enjoyable day I've ever had at the races because of what it means, you know, to everyone. So I'm so happy I'm here.
2: on well, your Maddie Stewart, a chat with us uh, on This Is Your Racing Life.
7: What I love about my job is providing comfort to people through service and quality food. I use my creativity every day to help achieve our common goal, assisting the community in times of need. I love having the privilege of being the last person to care for the physical body of someone's loved
8: one. It's an honour to provide support to grieving families, which I feel I was born to do, and I love that.
7: I'm a funeral planner. I love my role as I meet people with diverse cultural and religious beliefs.
0: Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives, celebrating International Women's Day, Sunday, March 8.
1: You're listening to This Is Your Racing Life. For Tobin brothers' funerals celebrating lives.
0: One of our guests here
2: today, riding today professionally um, on a, a buck and cup day, is uh, Danielle Walker. I've known you and your family for a long, long time. How are you going?
7: really well it's great to be up here today um, I can't believe how well it's recovered up here but certainly have go back a long way Japan Cup years even yeah. and um, yeah granddad's keeping well and everybody's well great to see you out and about doing something constructive for the day
2: <laughs> this is amazing what what we're experiencing today what does it mean to you the fact that this is actually has has happened
7: we are pretty skeptical whether it was going to go ahead um, look this is a cult favorite you either love the place or you hate it I love the atmosphere up here the track is exceptionally unique it's got a very uh, mad mouse kind of turn out of the home straight which we endeavour to get round in the cup Um, it's a very unique circuit it's very tight you're in the middle of a golf course when I first started riding here we didn't have outside running rails um and you literally looked straight off into the forest and some of the golf driving ranges looked like that was where you were heading on the racetrack so it could be very very uh hair raising at different moments
2: well you, you rode well in the race just gone you ran second and uh, you said it'd probably go well you and the trainer
7: yeah look i'm fortunate enough mick bell has a great relationship with ian dunkley up here and they they obviously own jungle edge together as well um mick said to me years ago yeah keep bringing i'll put you on i'll put you on and Last year, good old Celestial Sky, the stable favourite, he ran a cracker for me at Druin, and I won another race on him, and Mick said he really got his mojo back after Druin, and I've been lucky enough. He hasn't quite got it back this year. He's endeavoured some shifty tracks, and he doesn't like them at all. I suppose getting on in age, you don't like to have to work any harder than you have to, and if it shifts, you go, well, not today, thanks. Uh, but a firmer surface up here today, hopefully he'll, um, he'll endeavour to pull out his best foot forward and, and not approve, just run an absolute cracker. She's quite green still, so these tight tracks for her are really tricky to endeavour. She flattens out to get going and then whoops, we've got another corner. So she flustered herself out pretty wide coming around the home turn and she shied at um, one of the really dusty patches as well. So it's very unique.
2: Danny, uh, just watching the first couple of races, there's a, a pretty even sort of spread. And you can tell me it'd be more accurate from you, from boys and girls riding here. What, what is the ratio?
7: Picnic racing is, we're very even, uh, we've, we've got a really good 50-50 split amongst us and it's very very competitive, it doesn't matter what, which, which side of the gender equation you're on out here, it's, it pays no difference and no heed, nobody gives an ounce of what, what anatomy you are, uh, we all race just as hard and just as fierce as anywhere else in the world. So
2: so the, these boys and girls riding here today, what would they? do they have day jobs outside riding these, these, these circuits?
7: Um, not necessarily. Track riders, are they? Yeah, most of us ride track work. At least a couple of the girls ride over at Hayes's at Yaroa, so they've made a fair journey up here today. Um, a couple of people ride at Mowi. Um I think Grant's employed at Galagotis's. I'm based at Cranbourne, although not full-time anymore. I've got a four-year-old that I tend to keep my hands tied with. And
2: Who's at the races today? She
7: is. She's here with her dad, Mel. He's, he's keeping her entertained. And, we're well, lucky enough, we got a photo with the Melbourne Cup. So we were wrapped, so we got to hold it. Um, and Granddad, obviously, many moons ago, had um, San Seek when he raced in the Melbourne Cup. And we had a good good Mary Lamonic who was heading for the Melbourne Cup. So it's a bit of a family story there for that one.
2: I reckon Lamonic won one day at one at Flemington, ridden by Bobby Walker.
7: Um, yes, Granddad also rode her at the picnics a couple of times as well. We went through her history and she raced every se- about every 7 to 10 days for about 18 months. She was incredibly tough. Um, pity the family isn't quite that tough anymore, but we've still got the breeding side of that family going. We're down to our last mare now, so hopefully she's in Folder and achiever this year, so hopefully she might throw us out of Philly and keep it going.
2: Great to see your smiling face. Uh, this is something that I don't think any of us from the city folk particularly will ever forget today.
7: Look, it's it's just a massive turnout, both local and people that have come from afar. It's been a fantastic turnout today. It's really great to see everyone get up to these clubs. They're a great day out. Um, Swifts Creek and Omeo run another fantastic day, and Dedarang's brilliant as well. So it's just amazing. It's very deja vu sort of coming up here and sort of seeing it from the fires. I rode up here the year of Black Saturday and left from here as the as the flames were burning, heading back into them, heading home. So it's been an experience to remember but it's rebuilding so fantastically well. It's great. Yeah, it's a
2: mighty effort by all concerned. Uh, you look after yourself, keep smiling and it's great to see you.
7: Great to see you. Thank you very much for your time. Good you.
2: idea. L. Walker talking to us today. Ian Dunkley's our secretary of the club so we're, we're going to have a chat with uh, Ian. Well done my friend uh, on behalf of everyone to pull this off. It's incredible.
9: It is incredible. Um, I mean if you had seen it uh you know, within the week after the the bushfires came through, um, and so t- what what's happened here, I mean, it's, we're in a bit of an oasis, but um, it's really really um, come up well. Um, we had inspections with the jockeys and trainers and um, stewards and all that sort of thing, and we thought, will we or won't we? And uh, the track after it had 36 mils after after the fires in three consecutive days so
2: and it's a green like we've never seen before I it's know. like a green paint
9: <laughs> well the, uh, we had the the um, track people from Moe and um, they said they came up and helped us and uh, Moe Racing Club offered them to, to help and uh, um, they came up and they said we've got green paint but um, they didn't need it, the, <laughs> the next visit they didn't need it
2: obviously Racing Victoria got right behind the idea that this, this could happen, you could pull it off
9: they did. We had to do a, a few things so obviously we had to stabilise the uh, the winning post um, I was going to replace it um, uh, the Wakeful Club have offered us money to replace it um, Wouldn't
2: it be better if we left it like, as a memorial as it
9: is because it's there's nothing like
2: this in the world This half a winning post with the other half burnt
9: Exactly right and uh, it was actually Scott Whiteman I had it in train to get the new winning post and uh, Scott Whiteman said, why don't you keep the old one? And that's what we've, um, that's what we've done and marketed it, that as well. I've got T-shirts, stubby holders and uh, caps. I was lucky to get them in time because we had compressed time. And, yeah, the, all the media, radio, television and newspapers have really got behind it. And, you
2: know, uh, in my time in racing, which is probably spread close to 50 years uh, as I've a commentator... Been, was,
9: well, I've been in one of your syndicates.
2: The busiest man normally on a race course is the secretary. You know. No. You know, you're, 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 yeah. you're Mr Fix-It-for-everything.
9: Well, un- unfortunately, uh, I am. Um, I have to admit that because uh, we've got a committee of nine, nine people, and uh, I'm the only one that can push the pen or make the phone calls to Racing Victoria etc and uh, um, everybody out here is magnificent with their hands you can see what they've done we've got to put up the rails we've got to put a 1600 meters of rails in, in, inside and now we're part the way around outside so uh, and we've got to do that every year because it's on a golf course so um, you got to fence it off got to fence it off yeah I don't know why the golfers can't hit a ball. Have and a day off. Yeah, yeah. a day off. <laughs> when the fire came
2: through, what was it, 31st of December, 30th of December? Yeah. It was right yeah.
9: on New Year's Eve, wasn't it? Yeah, not New Year's Eve. Yep. Uh,
2: were you out here sort of immediately?
9: Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, I live in Lakes Entrance and well, all Lakes Entrance got evacuated uh, uh, twice actually with the fires um, or told to leave. Um, I was one of the ones that didn't. I thought we were surrounded three sides by water and uh, But it was a horrific time. I came out here um, after um, the next week. Of course, I had to get a a pass from from the department because the the road was blocked at the uh, what we call the red knob, Um, and came in here and I was astonished at the devastation. You know, the the approach road and then further into Bucken. I don't know if you've yes, I have today. Yeah, Mm. Um, and it's. Um, So I surveyed the Watson survey. I went and spoke to uh, a lot of people in the community and they said, uh, if you can get the Canai Creek races going, please, please do. They offered... um, Terrelgan offered to transfer it there. Um, Bansdale offered to transfer it there. And uh, Racing Victoria said, one of the picnic clubs will switch with you if you like. And um, I said... No, the, the community wanted it here on this day, rain, hail or shine. Well, we've got shine and rain, but we need the rain. Yeah,
2: they? yeah. Good on you, Ian. Uh, well done. What a fabulous effort by this community. It, um, words fail us because we we've, haven't
9: seen the likes of this before. Yeah, and uh, thank you.
2: Buck and Cup Day today, and one of the driving forces in making this day happen is Robin Sandy. Robin, what actually is your role?
8: Um, I support the president right from day drop. Anything like phone calls and that sort of thing, messages, uh, anything like that. Um, I also organise the fashions on the field with a couple of friends up here for putting the running rail up, and then Pete and I are normally pulling it down by ourselves. We usually have a lot of work putting it up, but not much work putting it down, not much help pulling it down. So, yeah, and just making sure that everything's running fluently and that the secretary's got enough help, Um, and just making sure that everyone's having fun and... A good day out.
2: Well, they are having fun. It's uh, it's extraordinary for us, uh, you know, coming out of the city and the number of people I see up from town, all coming to support today. And it, it must blow blow you away to see this support come into the uh, the community.
8: Very much so. Um, the community really needed the support of people to come in and just have a happy, feel good day today. Cool. And I believe that everyone is. We've always decided that this has to be a family day. Not someone getting drunk at the bar and all that sort of thing. It's got to be about the kids and mum and dad all together, and that's the, our biggest role is to make sure that we've got jumping castles and we've got fun for the kids and and they're safe. They they can walk across and go over and get the show bag or whatever, and you, they they're fine. We've got security, all that sort of thing. So it's all it seems to be working. Each year we we pick up on something and change something to make it better. Um, this year we've had to renegotiate a couple of little small things that burnt but other than that it was um not too bad
2: robin the the image of the burnt winning post and the scorched track uh and it was only a couple of weeks away from your race day today i think most looked at it and just looked at it and thought poor people there's no way no you you won't be able to pull this off and you have it's it's massive
8: um pete and i come and had a look at the race track the morning after the fires came through uh, we also went up and had a look at our farm. There was quite a lot of fences that had burnt up there. Um, but it's amusing and amazing where that fire went and where it didn't go. Mm. There's a lot of infrastructure here that were, wasn't burnt. And I don't know how because we were too busy fighting our fires at the, at the house and in town. So, yes, it's just awesome how what the fire actually left for us.
2: It, it, it was so erratic. Like it had burned two houses and two sheds, missed the next two and just driving into in to, Buckingham before the races today and thinking, why was it there and why wasn't it there? And uh, the embers obviously flying through the air. Tell us the story about saving the horse, your horse.
8: Uh, um, Jeffrey, he's a bit of a big old galoot really. He's, he's just such a beautiful horse. Um, my mother was staying with us after Christmas and what have you, and um, she's very highly medicated. And so Pete said to me about 10 o'clock on that Monday, I think you better take your mum into town where there's medical help. You know, we don't want to, you know, worried and that sort of thing. And I said, no, we'll be right. And he said, no, go now. I'll come in later. So me being me, you know, put a roast in the oven in at my daughter's and we'll have tea later on. And then about half past two, it sort of all went pear-shaped and Pete arrived in with Geoffrey or Firefree. And he said, whatever you do, look after this horse with your life. It's probably the last thing we'll have. And I thought, right, that's exactly what I've got to do. So I um, took him down to the pony club yards, very good yards. I, th- I was going to put him on the um, football over and I thought, no, if he, if he gets upset, he'll take off. If I can find him into a yard, a good sturdy yard, he, he'll be safe. So that's what I did. And, and you could actually see about oh, four o'clock, it got really, really dark and he started to twitch and fizz and all that sort of thing. And then about oh, about half an hour later, you could see the fire. And it was like when you watch lava come over a hill. It would just creep, and then all of a sudden it just pop and fizz and spit out flames. And I thought, oh, no. And then back over in town, there were three houses lost, and one of the houses had uh, ammunition in it. And the ammunition started to go off, and of course he started to go off. And um, I thought, well, I don't know what to do. He hasn't got any food here. Um, so I just ripped my little dress off that I'd made a couple of days before, slapped it in his water bucket and slapped it all over him and just sung, um, Mary had a little lamb or something, you know, I just hummed to him and settled him down. And then, yeah, he was fine. And the next morning, Pete coming to get me, or to see us, he didn't actually realise that we had a fire in town as well. So he did get quite emotional. He's not an emotional person much at all. And he got quite emotional. We both had a bit of a sob. Um, we took Geoffrey home and fed him and he was quite happy back in the paddock.
2: Now, his name is Fire Free. He's a racer.
8: Yes, yes, he's a jumps racer. He's um, actually done quite well last year, and we're hoping that this year he'll do even better. What an
2: extraordinary name to have under these circumstances, Fire Free.
8: It's amusing because friends of ours that um, were in with the um, syndicate, well, you know, the partners, um, they actually we were sitting around the table having a cup of tea deciding what we're going to name the horse. And it was not only a foal and, you know, coming up too, I think. and... Um, Pete said, well, you know, you've had fires up here at Omeo and, you know, over where we are at Canai, we've never had fires. We're, we're fire-free. Uh, so that's how he got his name. And ironically, we nearly weren't fire-free. And uh, another part of this
2: amazing story also is is the little boy, the little four-year-old that got lost uh, in the bush, in the area here, lost for 36 hours. Uh, extraordinary.
8: Yes, yeah, I didn't know them it, it personally, but... Um, they found him and I'm very very pleased it's um, one of those stories that you love the ending yeah. just love the ending because you you know yourself as a parent how could you cope you always put yourself in their feet and just think to yourself oh Lord what would I have done I, I, I don't I, I would not like to be in the situation mm. to um, have to have to go through that luckily yeah. I haven't
2: The SAS and all the uh, volunteers were out looking for 36 hours and I think they thought uh, it it was looking grim and they found him very uh, dirty and lost and hungry and tired but thank God they found him. At the end of today, to think that you've pulled off this race meeting with massive support right around the state, what's it going to be like?
8: Um, Well, we'll just get back to going and putting all the fences up and checking the sheep and feeding the cattle and... Just a normal life.
2: What's it mean to the community?
8: This is an absolutely awesome day for the community. I right from day one, I decided. I spoke to hubby Peter, and I said, I don't care what the authorities say. I said we will go and get our ponies, our brumbies, out of the paddock and rip them around the, the track for the people. We've got to have it.
2: You've got to have your own race meeting.
8: Yep. Yep. We. Decided, I just said no. We have to have it. We have to have it for this town. The town's all stuck together. We've all been, you know... There's been people that haven't spoken to years from one little silly tiff between grandparents years ago that are now speaking. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? That's what it's brought together. Yes, yeah. yes.
2: Yeah. As, as I've said time and time again on this program, as we trace back and look at the Buck and Cup Day, I, I've never seen anything like this in my life.
8: No, no, and I don't think we'll get this crowd ever again.
2: It doesn't matter. You don't have to.
8: No, no, but so long as we have the races, I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind how many people come or how little people come, just so long as we have the races because it's a really big big part and it's been doing going for 133 years. Um, henceforth, at the 100th anniversary was the first um, race meeting I came to with a two-week-old week old son and now I'm a grandparent of four grandsons and the, the youngest one is 10 weeks.
2: That's so beautiful to hear that and I would say that you're either in fashions on the field or you're judging but... Uh, you, you wouldn't look out of place at Flemington today, I've got to tell you, you look fantastic. What a great outfit.
8: Thank you. I cut it out about seven years ago, and it's just been sitting in, in a box waiting, and the other day through the fires, I thought, well, it's smoky outside, I'm not going outside. I might start looking through these boxes, and um, we had about, I don't know, eight days without power, so I did a bit of hand sewing and put it all together. You're a star. Thank you.
2: Good on you. Robin Sandy, who is treasurer and a million other jobs here at uh, at the Buck and today and um, how lucky the community are to have uh, Robin here in the, as part of their
0: community. When celebrating a loved one's life, you want to deal with someone who's compassionate, open and honest. Here's James McLeod, Managing Director of Tobin Brothers Funerals. At Tobin Brothers, our people are our strength and 50% of our staff are female. They serve client families in their absolute time of need. They work in every aspect of our business, from funeral service delivery to the board of directors, Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Celebrating International Women's Day Sunday, March eighth.
1: You're listening to This Is Your Racing Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives.
2: Grant Seekham is uh, on the board and the first two. Great to catch up with you. And they tell me you're the you are the man.
10: Yeah, well, I generally go pretty good at bucking. Um, so to get the first two out of the way early uh, is pretty good this year. Um, just a great great effort by the club to get this meeting up and going. Um, everyone's chipped in, all the community's chipped in and it's a fantastic day. For so many
2: of us today, uh, this is all brand new, we've never seen a track like this. What's it like to ride? It looks tight,
10: it's hilly, it's it's everything that we don't know. It's an adventure all in one lap. Um, yeah, it's tight, it's hilly, it uh, can be dusty if you're in the back of the field but um, We've found over the years if you lead you can win, you can sit out the back and if you're good enough you can still win. Yeah.
2: When the fires came and the destruction around the area here, did you think there was
10: any chance of this going ahead? Well, I came up about four weeks ago and had a look at the track um, and there was no query about the track. The query was always whether the roads would be open. And luckily enough, that the road's opened and we've got our meeting back.
2: And how is it How's it riding today? Well, it's riding well for you, the first two on the board. How does it feel underfoot? Because that rain came at a, at a pretty critical time. I think we're all a bit worried. Would it get
10: skaty? Would it get slippery? Yeah, no, the track's racing beautifully. Uh, that rain actually helped it a little bit, keep the dust down yeah. a little bit. Hopefully we don't get any more rain because, yeah, when it does get rain on top, it can turn into an ice skating rink.
2: When you reflect back on this day, um you'll probably always remember it for for the significance around it and the fact that it was able to happen in more ways than one.
10: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We could have easily not had this meeting. Um, Even though they offered to have it at Bairnsdale Racecourse, um, everyone within the circuit and at the Buckingham Racing Club were pretty committed to having it at Buckingham because it's pretty special to them.
2: 133 years this year, uh, and you see the spirit from the community and the people uh, and just talking about what they went through to still you know, still, still be smiling, uh, great volunteer work, uh, working with Racing Victoria, everyone had to pull in.
10: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the committee's done a great job. Um, as I said, when I was up here four weeks ago, there was about 10 of us up here and they were fixing the rails and fixing the shade sale and the new Stewards Tower and the footy club were up here the week later putting in the rails, the outside rails all the way down the back, um, but the turnout today is unbelievable. It was great to see trotting to the gates in race two. Um, you can see the, the driveway into the race course as you're trotting to the gates and people were parking cars all the way out on the road walking in with their eskies, so that's fantastic.
2: Good luck, uh, not only for the rest of the day, but uh, also through the circuit too, it, um, it's it's very fulfilling for all of us to see this happen.
10: Nice, thank you very much.
2: Catching up with the President here at the, uh, the Cup Day at Buchan, Peter Sandy. Peter, uh, you've pulled it off, you've made it happen, um, congratulations, what an effort. It was a concern six weeks ago after the fires that this event had never
11: happened, but I um, With all the support from Racing Victoria and and Mother Nature with a bit of rain, she's all come together and we're here today and it's turned out pretty successful I'd say.
2: spoke to your wife earlier, Robin. she told me about what unfolded sort of around uh, the time that the fires came through and how you sort of uh, got to the stage where you you, you thought you were still a live chance of bringing the course back and uh, making this day happen.
11: It was always in the back of my mind that um, the day had to go ahead, that's only an annual event and um, you know, if, we, if we miss out one year, well that's two years racing the district misses out on so it's, it's pretty important and uh, we've been going for 132 years, this is 133 years, being present I'd
2: uphold my end of the bargain and make sure the day went ahead. It's a, it's a wonderful, rich history, and it's so much sort of community-driven. Uh, so the importance of this happening, I don't think we could underestimate it.
11: It is important. Um, the, the proceeds from these race meetings we donate back to local charities, and, you know, early days... All the proceeds went to our local bush nurse centres at Bucket and Gallandaby, the two bush nurse centres there, but in recent years with successful meetings we've sort of made more money, so we've been able to distribute more monies further afield, such as the kindergarten and um, the primary school, and we, uh, a local fella here made it his own personal project to restore the avenue of honour at the South Bucket School. Um, which was in disrepair, and it's a, an avenue of 12 oak trees. Anyway, Clive Norfolk was his name, made it his passion to restore that, so we donated money to him and got the, the project off the ground, and he's turned it from a derelict um, patch of trees that no one sort of took any notice of, to quite a tourist attraction. Now he's done it up and put plaques up and done a great job, so to be able to put money into projects like that for the community,
2: um, you know, makes it all worthwhile. I'm just amazed at the regrowth so quickly and the colour of the green that's come through and you must have seen it nearly sort of growing in front of your own eyes.
11: Yeah, well it has. Like when I first seen the track New Year's Day, which was burnt black, I thought, well, we'll have no grass on that till springtime. But then a month later it started greening up and we get a few showers of rain and looking at it now, well, you wouldn't think that that had been burned, except for the black trees and that. It's amazing how Mother Nature sort of bounced it back again. Well,
2: it's a big job for the President. It's a big job for your wife, the Treasurer, and I've spoken to the Secretary and the different players, the jockeys and people like that. But to bring all this together and to to see that the weather's sort of been a little kind to you too, it looked a little bit ominous earlier in the day before the first race, but we've had a good break in the weather and people are out moving around. There are families, there are people of all sort of denominations and colours and creed and they've come from afar just to come here to be a part of something that's so special.
11: Yeah, they certainly have. No, it's just a bit overwhelming to see the support and all the people come. Uh, We normally get a good crowd. You know, people like to make this their annual event to catch up with one another. They quite often don't see one another from one race meeting to the next. But... um, just all the support we've had from Racing in Victoria and, and um, the racing public in general, it's sort of been overwhelming and it's just made the job of making the day happen that much easier. Good
2: on you. It's fantastic to be a part of this and well done on what you've achieved. No worries. Thank you, boy. Tim Bull is the, uh, the local member here. This is his electorate. Uh, this is very, very close to his heart. He's a passionate racing man. Uh, Tim, you must be blown away by what we're experiencing on this special day. Yeah look absolutely Brian, Uh, as you can
12: see in the landscape here uh, around the club it's been heavily fire impacted as have a large number of our communities but days like today and to have this incredible attendance here on course is just so important uh, from a social element and a mental health element to have those community members that have been hard hit uh, coming out and knowing that they have a lot of support and seeing so many people that are prepared to flock to our region uh, to I guess get behind them and get behind the community recovery. It's very humbling for for our uh, for our region.
2: The devastation we uh, we can't appreciate uh, until we actually move into different areas. I came with a friend via Malakuta and then to Bruthen and working our way back to Lake Entrance and out here to the races at uh, Canai Creek today. But just talking to the folk at uh, Malakuta, they told us about what they experienced and how the the, the flames virtually ringed ringed the town. They saved the town, but uh, 127 homes, I think were lost um, and then you you go to Bruthen and see what happened there Uh, the work along the roads clearing the highways and and the work that the army did and the and and the volunteers it it makes you proud to be an Australian to see what what's happened here.
12: Yeah it does and look we we got to the stage Brian where we were you know one day we turned around 60 trucks simply because the response with food with clothing had been uh, so enormous Uh, that we just had too much coming into the region that we could never redistribute if you like. But uh, what you've seen uh, in your travels through our region is the magnitude of this on the landscape. Uh, You know our shire here is 21,000 square kilometres and three quarters of it has been burnt. So we need to get back on our feet, which we will do, we're no strangers down here to natural disasters. Uh, This one has been a bit of a doozy in the context of things. We can rebuild the homes, we can rebuild the bridges, we can reopen the roads but our businesses have suffered enormously. Uh, You couldn't have designed a worse disaster uh, that hit us on December 29 on the peak of our tourist season and then to have the Princess Highway and Monaro Highway closed for all of January, the economic impact has been significant so uh, we need to encourage others to come and visit us, bring your empty eskies, come and stay for a week, come and stay for a night or two, uh, but enjoy our hospitality and help our economic recovery and our, and our businesses get back on their feet.
2: Tim, what about the uh, the road to recovery and coming back mentally for these people that have experienced horrific, catastrophic situations?
12: Yeah, look, it's tough and obviously we have a range of different circumstances. Um, I repeat the fact that we we do have our share of fires. We have fires here every summer. We've lost homes before. We've had communities impacted before. Admittedly, not to this magnitude. We are a great community for banding together when times are tough. Uh, but people are used to responding and helping each other out. That's just what we do. And I think it's uh, you know whilst. East Gippsland is uh, has very uh, very special in that area. It's something that country Victorians and country Australians tend to do naturally, but uh, you know to see 60 semi loads of, tra- of uh, trailer loads of hay rolling into town uh, three days after this event to get fodder to those uh, those uh, farmers whose cattle had survived but they lost all their pasture. It really did put uh, it was quite emotional seeing them roll into town just with the generosity from other areas of Victoria so we we have got a long way to go and it's not going to be quick it's going to take a couple of years to get back on our feet Uh, but we will do it and the support of wider Victoria and wider Australia has been critical to that.
2: In your role as the local member what can you do now on a national front for these people because it's going to be a problem we hear about the fabulous amounts of money that have been raised but it's the uh, the paper trail now of getting through Um, How does it filter down because these people, there are people that are being left with just the clothes on their back? Yeah,
12: it's a really good question. And we've got a whole lot of different circumstances that we're currently dealing with through my office at the present time. And they range from people, you know, that are ready to move on now, to people that uh, are so impacted that they will need a lot of time to determine whether they want to rebuild at the previous locations where they had their homes that were destroyed. Uh, to others who are uninsured. Uh, What we have done is we've had a very good immediate response uh, financially and support wise, whether we're talking clothes, food, accommodation, to look after those people. But it's really going to be a case where, you know, with around 260-odd homes throughout the electorate being lost, uh, a case-by-case approach. So we've got to deal with these people on an individual basis because they're all at very, very different stages Of the decision-making that's required in relation to what the future holds for them so we need to talk to these people we need to hold their hand we need to escort them through this process if they need it Uh, and that's going on now and I get back to the fact that we do have a lot of people in our communities that are prepared to uh, help out and support those that are I guess doing it the toughest for one of a better description so you know we will get over this absolutely we will but it's going to take some time and it's going to take a lot of love and a lot of support and a lot of looking out for each other
2: good on you Timoth. I think it's terrific that we could come to the race course today to make sure that the 133rd Buck and Cup was run, uh, and it's just been a massive effort by so many people, and, and good on you for driving it from your end.
12: Yeah, thanks Brian. The, the, uh, as you can see, the, the great photo out the front here is the winning post half burnt.
2: And let's leave it at that. Don't, I don't think we should replace it. <laughs> to me, it's a, a memorial as to what was experienced here.
12: Couldn't agree with you more, and I've been having a chat to Ian, um who's uh, an icon of this club uh, as the secretary. But, you know, I drove into this race course four days after the fire went through and you wouldn't have thought it was possible to have this meeting here today. What transpired throughout January is uh, having come off three years of drought.ish we had four inches of rain in January and the change in the landscape in a matter of weeks was just incredible. So, you know, we fixed the, we fixed the stewards tower, uh, the running rail got repaired. I think the winning post, I agree with you, should stay the way it is because it's part of our history now, yep. uh, but to see a the course proper being so green and in such good condition, uh, if you'd have come here before Christmas and seen how brown and dry it was, uh, you certainly wouldn't think it was the same place.
2: We've got the Racing Minister here, the Honourable Mr
1: Martin Pakula. Uh Minister, this is fantastic. This is beyond fantastic. Um, drove up this morning, Stay down... Uh, stay down tonight, and uh, there are thousands here. I mean, you've got to see it to believe it. Uh, on a day when there's a, a, a major race meeting in Flemington, I reckon half of the Victorian racing community is here in Buckins. So it's a great credit to the club. You know, it would have been easy to move the meeting or, or, or call it off or postpone it. Uh, but they went ahead with it, you can see the damage that's been done, uh, particularly at the winning post, but everyone's having an incredible day and there's been some great racing and I've even found a couple of winners.
2: Good on you. Now what, what does it tell you about the community and what does it tell you about Australians?
1: Well it says a lot about um, the Buckingham community, the way they've all come together, Buckingham and Gallantipi communities, uh, but it also says a lot about uh, Victorians, Australians more generally. There's no doubt there. Are, people have come here from all over the state And they've come here because they've seen the effort that they've gone to here at the club. They've seen what the community's gone through and they want to show their support. Uh, I've seen people from all over different parts of Melbourne and different parts of Victoria that are here. And the great thing about meetings like this is that, you know, you you just know that there's a whole lot of people who've come down, maybe for the first time today, who will come back with their families. They'll they'll come to East Gippsland, whether they go to Bansdale or whether they go to Lake Sentrance or whether they come and stay in Bucket or Brewtham. Um, this sort of thing it, it draws people to these communities, and it gives them a reason to come back. And as tourism minister as well as racing minister, that's a really great thing to see. We can't appreciate the, the devastation until we see it firsthand, and it uh, it just blows you away. You can't imagine, you can't you can't comprehend the damage. Well, when you drive up, particularly the the, the piece of road between Brewton and here. Uh, to see the, the blackened landscape all around. But the thing that's encouraging is you can see the regrowth and the regeneration already coming through. Uh, but you also see how random it is. You know, you drive up the road and you see one house melted, you know, completely gone, and, and, and the house next door untouched. Yeah. Uh, and someone who lives in the city, that's just it's an amazing thing to comprehend that... It can be so random. It can be, so, you know, such a question of luck. You know, whether one property survives and one property goes over. And uh, you know, it, and to see this community out here today having such an incredible time, enjoying the races, and it, it is a great demonstration of the way racing can bring communities together. You know, those people, Brian, who don't support the racing industry, who you know, they, they say the terrible things they say about it. When you see an event like this. You realise just how important racing is to the local community, to all these communities around Victoria, and how little those opponents of our industry understand about the importance of it uh, to Victorians uh, and, and, and to local communities. This is just absolutely wonderful.
2: Well, they're amazing. A lot of people that uh, have banded together. But I, I congratulate you, and I congratulate Racing Victoria and and beyond for these people who all quickly put their hand up and said, "Yep, we're going to make it happen." If you people reckon it could happen, yep, we're coming down. We're coming down, and and. It, it, it's a combined thing and here we are. I thought rain falling before the first, we won't run a race. It's going to be too slippery. It'll be a disaster. And, and we're here. We've done it, it.
1: And it's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, the club got their uh, v application in uh, really quickly. We were able to support them with $25,000 out of the Race Day Attraction Program, uh, out, out of that bushfire fund we've created. Um, everything's gone to script here, you know, even with a bit of rain, which they sorely need. And, and just to see the happy faces. and You know, I ran into some of my old delegates from National Dairies in Chelsea Heights and another bloke from Bridgestone in Daniland. People have come from all over the state. Yeah. It's just fantastic. And, you know, uh, when you talk to the locals and they talk about the
2: time, what they went through, uh, the horrific, catastrophic things happening around them, mentally, what's it going to do to them, we, we don't know. We, we, we're we with them, we, we, we support them. But they talk about the armed forces and what the, what the soldiers did. And what the uh, the frigates coming in and getting people in the evacuation and
1: clearing the highways and things like that, and, and the time and how, how quickly it all happened. Yeah, look, it's you know it's such a massive effort for a community to recover and rebuild. As you say, like getting the roads clear is one of the most important things uh, that ha- that has to be done because you, you know you want. You don't want communities to be isolated. Um, The work that um, the ADF did in terms of getting people off the coast, particularly at Mallacoota, the work that Ken Lay and his team at Bushfire Recovery Victoria have done, of course, our emergency services, um, fire, ambulance, uh, the Victoria Police, um, you know, SES. It's just been such a massive effort from so many people. Uh, and, you know, today, only a few weeks later, here we are at Bucket enjoying an incredible day of racing. It's just, it is, it is community spirit at its absolute best. Martin Pakula, the Minister for Sport, the Minister for Tourism. So he's got a big
2: interest in what's been happening here today. Good on you from the way you supported it, and uh, it makes us feel proud to be an Aussie. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Marto. Thank Bucket Cup Day and the true Aussie spirit, a day to savour. My thanks to James McLeod from Tobin Brothers. We spent three days in East Gippsland and Tobin's assisted the Lions Club in Mellacoota and Brutham. We're on podcast from 12 o'clock today. Next Sunday, this is your Racing Life, and my guest is the Melbourne Cup winning trainer, Danny O'Brien.
7: What I love about my job is providing comfort to people through service and quality food. I use my creativity every day to help achieve our common goal, assisting the community in times of need. I love having the privilege of being the last person to care for the physical body of someone's loved one. It's an
8: honour to provide support to grieving families, which I feel I was born to do, and I love that.
7: I'm a funeral planner. I love my role as I meet people with diverse cultural and religious beliefs.
0: Turban Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives, celebrating International Women's Day, Sunday, March 8th.